Good morning. Welcome to Fellowship of the Rockies. Whether you're in this room and maybe over there in a theater, I just want to welcome you this morning. Normally, I preach through series, and so I'll go through a book of the Bible, or we'll pick a topic, and I'll, I'll preach a series. And so the month of February, uh, I, I haven't done a series. I've done standalone messages, which I'll do this morning. And then the first week of March, I'll start a brand new series called Locally Owned and Operated that I'm really excited about. And we start looking at the church and, and some other things uh, out of Scripture. But this morning, I'm continuing this theme that I kind of started at the 1st of February. It's just walk through the book of Proverbs, Proverbs with you and grab some of the major themes of Proverbs. Proverbs is a book that speaks directly into our life about daily living. And so Proverbs will talk about things, whether it's your, whether it's your time or, or, or your schedule, which is your time, or relationships, or, 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 or your finances, or some of those other things, and it just speaks directly into our life. Now, this morning I've chose a topic. It's just one of the themes. The fact is, it's an overwhelming theme of the book of Proverbs. I've, I've chosen this topic of anger, uh, controlling your anger before it controls you. It's kind of funny when I walked in Saturday night to church and Pastor Dwayne met me and says, hey, what are you preaching on this weekend? And so I'm preaching on anger, controlling your anger before it controls you. And he says, you know what? That ticks me off. <laughs> so, so if it ticks you off, then I'm preaching on anger. This sermon's probably for you this morning. And so we're going to look at this issue of just controlling your anger before it controls you because Proverbs tells us this, that there are some things in your life that if you don't control them, they'll control you. If you don't control your time, your time will control you. If you don't control your finances, your finances are going to control you. Um, if you don't control your priorities in life, guess what? Your priorities will control you. It goes on deeper and says, and guess what? This issue of anger, if you don't control it, if you don't get your anger un under control, your anger will control you and it affects you. There's a story out of Portland, Oregon that USA Today reported on this last week out of, out of Reed College. And so if, you know, if you've been watching weather up there, then Portland, Oregon had two major snowstorms back to back. They don't have any snow plows and all of that issue. Well, anyway, this, the, the campus, Reed College, was closed because of weather. So some math students got, got bored in their dorm. And so, you know, like math geeks, they go out and decide that we're going to build the biggest snowball we can, and we're going to see how big can you get a snowball, the circumference and mass and all this other stuff. And so a bunch of math students got together, they built this snowball, and then one thing led to another, and one of the students says, well, you know what, if we push this snowball down the sidewalk, wonder how far it would go, wonder how fast it would travel with the volume and the mass and size and all this other stuff. So one thing leads to another, so the student says, let's do it. We push this snowball down, snowball down the sidewalk, the snowball was large enough and big enough and had enough mass that it started gaining a lot of speed. And so it crashed into the front door of one of the major uh, offices there at Reed College. It hit the door so hard that the estimates now it did around three to $5,000 worth of damage to the front door to the building. And so they interviewed the dean, and the dean said this. He says, well, you know what? I think those boys just lost control of their snowball. Well, that's a lot like anger. That, 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 that if we're not careful, when we lose control of our anger, it's destructive. You see, I, I want to be clear this morning and tell you, anger is a good thing. Anger is not the problem. It's how we respond to it. See, anger is a good thing. Anger is a warning light that something's going on in your life. That anger is a warning light that something needs attention. And so there's a good thing about anger, and there's a not-so-good thing about anger when it's out of control. The same is true with snow, Right? I mean, when you look at snow, when it snows, snow can be beautiful, and we love to see the mountains, the snow-capped mountains, and all that other stuff. Sometimes we like to see uh, snow on the ground. Uh, snow gives moisture uh, that we desperately need. Uh, snow provides recreation. We can enjoy snow, whether it's making snowmen, snowballs, uh, uh, 
snowboarding, snowshoeing, snow skiing, all of those other things. And so it provides recreation, it provides enjoyment. But there's another side of snow. When snow is out of control, it can be destructive, whether it's an avalanche, uh, whether it's a snowstorm. And so there's a good side of snow and there's a bad side of snow. And the Bible says, Proverbs says, guess what? Same with anger. That anger can be a good thing. And so, but when it's out of control, it can become destructive. Fact is, when you look at the book of Proverbs, book of Proverbs has a lot to say about anger. Most of what Proverbs says is kind of warning and caution about this issue of anger that, that, uh, that we need to be careful of it because when it's out of control, it can be deadly, it can be dangerous. It's, it's, it's kind of like a smoke detector of your house. I mean, we have a smoke detector in our home, and you probably have smoke detectors, you should, in your home. And uh, when a smoke detector goes off, when a smoke detector starts to sound an alarm, it's an indication that something's wrong. Something's going on in the house. There's smoke, and where there's smoke, that there's probably fire. There's something that needs attention. See, anger is the same way. Anger lets us know that something needs attention. But you know what? Our house and your house would be miserable if the smoke alarm and the smoke detector went off constantly. I mean, if it was in a constant state of alarm and screaming, it would not be a place of peace. And so the purpose of anger in our life is to tell us and to help us understand something needs my attention. Now, Proverbs tells us three things that we need to remember when we are tempted to get angry, when we get angry, and when we're, or when we're deciding how to respond about anger. So the, these are just so easy. When you go through the book of Proverbs, it almost preaches itself. So here, here's the first one is this. Uncontrolled anger caused negative consequences in my life. Now listen, a lot of these principles I had to learn. I wasn't taught how to deal with anger. I wasn't taught how to handle anger. I was never taught that anger can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. But here's the first thing that Proverbs would tell us, that uncontrolled anger, when anger is out of control, that it can cause negative consequences in your life. And so I've gone through the book of Proverbs, and, and I just got some bullet points as we just pull some scripture out so we kind of bring this home or help us to make sense of this. The first thing is this, and you know what, we probably all know this, but this is what Proverbs says, uncontrolled anger causes me to say and do dumb things. I mean, when, when anger is out of control, we're in that state of anger, it can cause us to say and to do some dumb things. Here's what Proverbs 14 says, short-tempered people do foolish things, and schemers are hated. In other words, when you have uncontrolled anger, when I have uncontrolled anger in my life, what the scripture says is when we're in that heightened state that we cannot think clearly. And as a result of that, we can say and we can do some things that aren't the wisest thing to do. In, in other words, I would call this the, the Jim Carrey effect, that when you get mad and madder, it will make you dumb and dumber. You know a sermon's good when you quote dumb and dumber. <laughs> that right, Tim? <laughs> Amen, that's right. And so here's another one. Uncontrolled anger can embarrass me. I mean, I mean when anger is out of control... You can say or do some things that really embarrasses you in front of your family. It may embarrass you in front of your friends. It may embarrass you in front of some people you go to school with, some, uh, some people you hang out with. And so Proverbs 14, 29 says, people with, people with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. Here's another one that what Proverbs would tell us. Uncontrolled anger causes arguments. You can just cause, cause problems in the home or cause problems in relationships. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers, and you see that that's plural, 
makes tempers flares. And so, so whatever you do, when, 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 you, when you get angry, you have to be really, really careful. Tone of voice, voice inflections, facial actions, sarcasm, hand motions, all of those things. Because if not, when anger is out of control, it doesn't de-escalate a situation. Guess what? It escalates a situation. It causes problems. It causes broken relationships. And as a result of that, it escalates the situation. That's why the word temper, tempers, causes tempers to flare is in the plural. So here's another one. Uncontrolled, uncontrolled anger causes me, to, causes me to sin. In other words, what Proverbs tells us, when anger is uncontrolled in your life, it's uncontrolled in my life, it never ends up good. And so he says, Proverbs 29, 22, an angry person, guess what, an angry person? That's the person that starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. In other words, when anger is out of control, it, does, it, it causes problems. It can have broken relationships, broken situations. You can do some things that, that, uh, that embarrass you. Another verse, Proverbs 19, 19 says, hot-tempered people, people must pay the penalty. Watch this. This is so interesting. This, this sentence is just so interesting. I've watched it play out in life, this next one. And it says, if you rescue them once, you'll have to do it again. So what does that mean? I mean, what does it mean a hot-tempered people must pay the penalty? Oh, and if you're around a hot-tempered person, if you're around a person that, that is easily angered or has anger out of control, then guess what? What Proverbs says, you're going to have to rescue them. And you're not going to have to rescue them just once, but you're going to have to rescue them over and over again. That means like in the family or in relationships, someone's going to have to be that person's spokesperson and say, you know what? They didn't mean that. They were just, I didn't mean what they said. Man, I just want you to know they really, they really love you. They really do. They're just having a bad day. They're having a bad hair day. They're carrying a lot of stress. They're carrying a lot of frustration. You know what's going on in their life. And I, I just want you to know, when they do that and when they say those things, when they do those things, you just don't know how bad they feel. They really do. They just feel horrible. You, you don't understand that they don't like it when they get angry. And they don't like it when they say those things. And they really, they really want to stop. See, what this tells you is that hot-tempered people or people that have anger out of control, someone's going to have to rescue them over and over and See, when you lose your temper, I'm telling you, you lose more than your temper is what Proverbs says. You lose your self-respect. You lose your self-esteem. You can lose respect of people around you. You can lose your health, what doctors tell us in studies. Um, you, can, you can lose relationships. You can lose a husband. You can lose a wife. You can lose a job. You can lose a friend. See, here's the deal. When, when we have uncontrolled anger and when we lose our temper, we lose, lose way more. It, it, we lose way more than just our temper. And so the question is, well, why do people scream? Why do people yell? You know why, you know why they yell? You know why people scream? It works. Miss psychologists tell us. If you're the loudest voice in the conversation, if you yell and you scream, people will naturally comply out of fear, but only for a short time. 
And in the long run, they'll build frustration and resentment and all kinds of things. See, a person with uncontrolled anger has trouble sustaining relationships, will have a wake in their past, broken relationships. I mean, that's why Proverbs 22, 24 gives a warning. says, don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people. And so my question is, well, why? And verse 25 answers that, because it's contagious. Or you may learn his way and get yourself ensnared. In other words, what this says is anger is contagious. Anger is infectious. In other words, this, if you don't have it, you can catch it. If you have it, you can give it to someone else. In other words, this issue of anger, I mean, and that's why Proverbs says, because when you, when you have uncontrolled anger, tempers, plural, tempers flare. That means, that means all of a sudden it escalates anger in the room. In other words, in other words, if someone is continually angry at you, eventually you're going to be angry at them. And so it's contagious. I mean, it's, it's a well-known fact when you, when you just look at studies that children learn how to model or learn how to handle life from their parents. How their parents handle anger, how their parents handle situations, they're learning that because it's being modeled for them. The fact is, there's a biography of a, of a famous golfer that lived many years ago, Tommy Volt. And Tommy Volt was a, was a PGA golfer, and then he went around and started doing golf clinics. And so he was traveling, and he had one of his sons with him. In fact, his son was 14 years old, and, and it was before a PGA event, and there was a lot of people there, people in the grandstands, and just a famous story. So Tommy called his son, his 14-year-old son, out of the grandstands and said, Son, come teach them, come show them what I've taught you with an iron iron. And so he picked up the nine iron out of his bag, handed it to his son. His son took the nine iron and threw it as hard as he could and yelled and screamed. And Tommy was embarrassed. But guess what? Kids learn how to handle anger by watching their parents. The second principle is this, is that when we get angry, you have to think through your anger before you respond. In other words, it's, it, in other words you have to process out your anger. Watch this, Proverbs 29, 11. Fools give vent to their anger. In other words, it's just kind of un, un, unrestrained. I'm going to let it fly. I'm going to let it rip. That's just who I am. I don't have a fuse. It's just bang. It is on. But the wise gently hold it back. In other words, this, what Proverbs is saying is a person with uncontrolled anger just lets it fly, just lets it all hang out. And I mean, just, I mean, even that phrase of letting it rip with anger, um, we know this. There are biochemical changes that happen in someone's body and it ask, escalates anger and it escalates aggression with them and people around them and so one of the biggest remedies if you will what Proverbs says for this issue of anger is delay because the longer that you and I are willing to think through our anger uh, and process it our response improves our response is different in other words if you let it off immediately what Proverbs says is just bad news and, and, and I know, I've, t I've talked with people, and, and there was a time in my life where I said, you know what, that's impossible to wait. That's impossible to delay. And so there's some people that I've talked to, they said, you know what, you don't know me. I don't have a fuse. It's bang. It is on. I just, I just kind of say, I get it out, and, and I feel better. Yeah, but how about everybody else and that whole conversation? And they said, I, I can't keep from doing it. Yes, you can, and I can prove it to you. Because, see, here's the deal. Proverbs says, how you respond to anger is a choice. Okay. And so, but I can prove it to you. You ever been in the home? You ever been with friends or whatever? And you are, man, it is on. And anger is escalated. Voices are raising. And, and there's that angry voice and all of that other stuff. Everybody knows you're angry. And all of a sudden, your cell phone rings and you got to take the call. And you got your happy voice on. You got your professional voice on. 
I mean, you switch like that. Hey, how are you? Great. How's your day? What's going on? What's happening? And then you terminate the call, and it is on again. It's proof. I mean, why can you control it in the workplace? Why can you control it with your friends? But you can't control it inside the house. See, the truth is, sometimes we don't want to control it. The truth is this, how we respond to anger, what Proverbs says is a choice. That's why Proverbs says a, a wise person, a mature person is able to keep themselves under control. Proverbs twelve sixteen says, a fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person, man, this is so hard. Stays calm even when insulted. For some people, everything in life is life and death. Everything makes them mad. That's why one man said a small pot boils quickly. That when everything's life and death, when everything makes us mad, it's an indication of the depth of our character. Proverbs 29.11 says this, sensible people control their temper they earn respect by overlooking a wrong, a wrong. In other words, what the writer of Proverbs says, you know what, mature people? Then they have this ability just to overlook an offense or a hurt. They have this ability to disregard it or, or shrug it off or play it down. And Jesus was an example of this, right? And the scripture says that Jesus was lied about and he was criticized, he was slandered, he was mistreated, he was, he was betrayed. He never retaliated. See, the, the truth is this. The truth is what Proverbs says is nothing can make you mad. Remember years back, I, talk, I taught you if you were with us, and I talked about this issue of anger because it's been a lifelong learning experience for me. And I taught you a phrase, I make me mad. The truth is this. Nobody can make you mad. You have to make yourself mad. You have to make a choice. And I got tons of emails and just tons of conversations over that about it just helps so many people to understand that it's a choice and I make me mad and, and I have this choice to get anger whether I, I get anger or not. But see, the problem with anger is this. When, when anger is out of control, it makes us, it even confirms to us even more that we are absolutely right. There is no way we can be wrong. Anger does this with it heightened adrenaline and some of the things that takes place in your body. And so here's the truth. There are times you have a right to be angry, but you don't have a right to be cruel. You don't have a right to be mean. You don't have a right to be demeaning, degrading, abusive. And so it's true, there are a lot of times you have a right to be angry. But it's a choice how we respond to that. And so to help you with that, I says, well, you know what? That, that phrase, I make me mad, uh, was so helpful to us years ago, maybe we could come up with a new phrase that would help us with this, to help us not escalate anger. And so I've come up with one. It's a phrase that some of you may not have said in a long time. And here's the phrase. I could be wrong. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, you, some of you have. It, you, you just felt the nervous laughter, tension. Should we laugh? Should we not? So here's what we need to do. This is all skate time. This is just, we need to say that together. Okay, so let me lead us, and just, just, let's just practice, okay? And I'll lead us. I could be wrong. Okay, now, this time, no elbows, <laughs> no looks, and this time, we need to say it with a smile on our face, okay? 
So let's try it again, but with a smile on our face. I could be wrong. Doesn't that feel better already? Here's some homework. Don't let it end here. How about this next week? How about when you, when all of a sudden you're hurt, you're frustrated, you have fear, whatever, in a relationship with someone else? How about this? How about starting off the conversation instead of escalating anger? How about this? How about de-escalate anger? How about look after you've processed it? We'll talk about that. How about looking across the room or the table or whatever? Look at someone and say, I could be wrong. And don't say, I doubt it. That will, not, that will escalate anger right there, I promise you. But, but say, you know what? I could, be, I could be wrong, but here's what I think. Here's what I think. See, the deeper issue to anger is, is this, and it's for you personally. Why is the alarm going off in your life? Why are you angry? And sometimes it's helpful to process out our anger by just having a conversation with yourself. Why am I so angry? Why did this make me mad? Why did this make me angry? Why is this, why is this so important to me? And let me tell you why it's so important for, not, for you to understand and for, for us to understand is this. Anger is not a primary emotion. Secondary emotion. In other words, this, something has to drive your anger. It's like the smoke alarm in the house. When the smoke alarm goes off, something is driving that alarm, whether it's smoke, fire, CO, whatever. Something's wrong and something needs attention. Same is true with us. Anger is not a primary emotion. Anger is a secondary emotion. So in general, what drives anger is hurt, frustration, fear, loss, betrayal. See, anger is generally the result of being hurt, of being betrayed, of being frustrated, of being afraid. And so to deal with anger constructively, we... We have to ask ourselves, is this worth giving up my happiness for? Is this worth stealing my joy? Is this really that big of a deal? Like when someone rear-ends you at the Panda Express to-go line, (laughs) and you can't get out of your truck because you're up against the building. And if you're here today, God bless you. But we, but we have to ask those questions. Man, is it, really, is it worth giving up my joy? Is it worth destroying a day with the family to where they're not going to remember the outing and the place we went, hanging out? Remember that anger illustration, they're going to remember the words. I don't know if you've learned this in marriage. I've been married a little bit over 30 years, and, and there's a principle in marriage, there's a principle in relationships, this. You do not have to attend every argument you're invited to. (laughs) Telling you, in life, whether it's church, whether it's relationships, guess what? You don't have to attend every argument you're invited to. That's why Proverbs 17, 27 says, A truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding, so important for us to understand this morning, Understanding is, listen, is even-tempered. Listen, the more understanding you have, the more understanding you'll be. (laughs) 
the more I understand what's driving my anger, hurt, fear, frustration, betrayal, the more understanding I'll be. The more, the more I understand my kids, the more understanding of my kids I will be. The more I understand my friends and their life and how, how uh, their past and their history and everything else, the more I understand their hurt and their pain and what they're carrying, the more understanding of them I'll be. The more I understand my wife, the more understanding of her I will be. That's why in 1 Peter chapter 4 something, No, I'm serious. Here, I have a Bible app. <laughs> oh, it's 1 Peter. Okay, 1 Peter 3. Watch this. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in what? In an understanding way. Because the more you understand them, the more understanding of them you will be. The more you understand their hurt, their frustration, their fear, and the more they understand, and then he goes on, and showing honor to the woman as a weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. So it's important for us to understand ourselves and understand what drives our anger because it may be several different things. See, see one of the things that may drive your anger is hurt. And so whether, it's, whether, it's, whether, it's, uh, whether you've been physically, emotionally, or, or, or spiritually hurt, you can get angry. Another thing that will drive your anger is this, is just frustrated. I mean, have you ever uh, got a deadline and you got a lot on you and not a lot of margin in life and a lot, a lot of margin in schedules and things make you angry that normally don't? And so one of the things can be you're just frustrated because you don't, I, don't have time for, I don't have time to get rear-ended right now on the Panda Express line. Get off your cell phone. <laughs> anyway, I'll process through it. I'm still working through it. Another thing that could drive your anger is because you're insecure. You just have insecurities in the relationships. Maybe you feel threatened. Maybe you feel afraid. Uh, maybe, maybe your self-worth, your self-esteem has been attacked and it causes anger. And, and you know, we, we got this dog, and it's a nice dog, but it's Karen's dog. It's not my dog. <laughs> and I can take Molly when she's not home and, and you know, back that dog into a, a corner and that dog will bite you. That dog will go nuts. You know, that's what anger does. And that's why Proverbs says that uncontrolled anger causes tempers to flare. Because you can emotionally back people into a corner. You can continually sound the alarm so much and things can be out of control. Sooner or later, they're going to bite you. Sooner or later, they're going to respond. The third and the last thing when we have anger that we need to consider is this. is Don't say all that's on your mind. Okay, in other, in other words, you, before you process your anger, you better restrain your, your remarks. Proverbs 21, 23, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you'll stay out of trouble. That may be a great refrigerator verse. Nobody ever puts that verse on the refrigerator. It's, all, it's always those love, touchy-feely things, you know, love is kind and all that other stuff, or God has good things for me verses, or all that other stuff. This would be a good one. If you want to stay out of trouble... In other words, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. I had a friend that went into his office. He had this big sign in his office and said, blowing your stack causes air pollution. 
I mean, I, I really like that. And, and uh, here, here, here's, here's, here's what I've learned because, see, here's what happens when you get angry because of adrenaline begins to flow. Your mind sharpens because you're prepared for action and words can come easy and usually not good words. And here's the deal. Speak when you're angry and you'll make the best speech of your life that you'll live to regret. Can't believe I just said that. So you have to watch what you say because I tell you, when you have a sharp tongue, it'll cut your throat. Have you ever regretted something you said in angry anger? And that's why Proverbs says it's just so smart to restrain your words and process out your anger. Proverbs 15.1 again says a gentle anger, a gentle answer, word deflects is just really, really important. Deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. So that, that word deflects in the Greek, I'm, I'm sorry, the Hebrew is the Old Testament. <laughs> the word deflects in the Hebrew is this word, quiets. A gentle answer quiets anger. Whose anger does it quiet? First, it quiets yours. Because the louder you get, the angrier you can get. The quieter you get is calming. So the question is, what do you do? Because, man, you've told us that the ability to get angry, the ability to have anger is a good thing. So how do we keep it? What do we do with our anger? The first thing is this, is, is, is you have to learn to, you have to learn to quiet yourself, which means this, you don't, you don't stuff your anger, you don't push it down. Because when, when you stuff your anger, when you push it down, and you don't respond to your anger, it can cause uh, physical issues, hypertension, it can cause stress, it can cause depression, it can cause ulcers. ulcers. Here's, here's what I've learned. When I stuff my anger, my stomach keeps score. Isn't that amazing? And so the first thing is this. You, you don't stuff it uh, because that's not, that's not healthy. When people say that actually burns me up, that's actually true medically. I mean, there's some things that go on when you stuff your anger uh, physically. The other thing is, 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 is you don't stuff it, but you don't, you don't, you don't repress it either. Uh, or you don't, I'm sorry, you don't express it either immediately. In other words, that, that there's some people that when they get angry, they just kind of go out and just, just vomit on people, and they may feel better, but nobody else does in the room. And that's not good for relationships. So, so what Proverbs talks about is, is you don't stuff it, and you don't immediately ex express it. You know what the Bible talks about? The Bible talks about first you learn to confess it to God. And you, and, you, and you learn to admit your anger. You learn you to admit your frustration to God. And someone may push back. Oh, okay, so where's the biblical reference for that? How about the whole book of Proverbs? I mean, David, I mean, it's full on. And David's talking about people that have betrayed him and hurt him. He's confessing it to God. He's admitting it to God. I mean, those prayers are harsh. He's like, grind their, grind their teeth in the sand of the desert. And you know the cool thing? God doesn't rebuke him. God doesn't say, and you call yourself a Christian praying to me like that? I'm telling you, 
You learn. That's why reading of Scripture is so important. That's why journaling is so important. That's why spending time in Scripture. Understand what drives your anger. You see David over and over. You see others in Scripture continually confessing their frustration with God, with others, with situations. Because here's the deal. You can quench the Spirit of God in your life. I don't know if you're like me. When I'm angry, there is no awareness in my life that God is even there. And for God to fill you, for an awareness of his presence, you've got to empty yourself of you. The evidence of a spirit-filled life is not that you do a bunch of weird stuff and crazy stuff. Evidence of a spirit-filled life is this. Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. All of those things. See, God, God wants to fill you with His Spirit. But first, and first, you've got to process out your anger. Because, listen, anger is not the problem. Anger is how we respond to the problem. Maybe some more homework this, this week. Maybe first, you need to get along with God and you need to process out your anger. And then maybe you need to have a conversation with some people around you and say, I could be wrong. But when you did, when you said, here's how it hurt me. Frustrated, fear, betrayed, demeaned, degraded, whatever. And just have some honest conversations with some people. And maybe over a period of time of doing that, God will do some amazing things in your life and the relationships around you. Because we all know in this room, uncontrolled anger is destructive. There has to be a better way. 